You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Lucas Reshevsky. And Lucas is a professional direct response copywriter who's worked with over 165 clients since 2012, including big names like Ryan Levesque, Mike Dillard, Josh Turner, Ty Lopez, and Agora Financial. He's been behind the scenes on dozens of big launches and products over the last six years. Lucas has also personally trained over 100 new copywriters, have gone on to start freelancing careers of their own, or have been hired by big publishers like Agora, Mindvalley, Hay House, just to name a few. So welcome to the show, Lucas. Thanks. Great to be here, Dennis. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we were talking before the show and we're both dog lovers, so we've got that in common. You know, <laughs> copywriting is one of those things that, I'm, that I've been studying for years and you're an expert at it. So I'm excited to dive in because today we're going to talk about something we've never talked about before. And it really revolves around how to tell exactly what your ideal prospect is thinking at every stage of the buyer's journey. But before mm-hmm. we dive into that, Give us a quick backstory, if you would. Give us a couple of minutes. Tell us a little bit about you know your journey, and then we'll dive right in. Yeah, sure. So I, I don't want to bore anybody with long details, but I never expected to be a copywriter. I went to college on an ROTC, an Army ROTC scholarship. And in the middle of college, I met my wife and realized that I didn't really want to spend half of my life away from her, traveling and being deployed and all of that. So I changed my career trajectory from full-time army to part-time in the National Guard and kind of wondered what was next, tried to figure out what my next step was. I stumbled into the world of entrepreneurship and business through a couple different newsletters, and my dad was into some real estate stuff. So that's how I stumbled into it. And then I was lucky to meet a guy named Mike Dillard, who's run several companies, including a financial publishing company that he hired me on to help with right out of college. He was a copywriter and a fantastic copywriter in his own right. And so he encouraged me to learn the craft. And then in about 2013, I went full time as a professional copywriter. And the rest is is history, basically. Yeah, Mike Dillard. Interesting, because he's actually one of the early direct response guys that I studied, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, super sharp guy. Super sharp guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, and he's killing it these days. You see, he's he's... He's a big paid ad guy now. He does a ton of paid advertising. Yep. You see a lot of stuff on Facebook with him. But yeah, those are some yep. really impressive names that you've worked with. So I'm excited to dive in and kind of talk about some of the things you've learned. But before we do that, you know, you have, you teach junior copywriters, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do. So you teach people that are just interested in becoming copywriters. You don't take existing copywriters and really train them on your methodology or strategy. You take younger ones, you start them from scratch and you make them copywriters. That's what you specialize in, correct? Yeah. So I would say that my students have kind of split about 80-20. 80% of them have floated around the world of copywriting for a while, but never really done anything professionally or consistently with clients. 
and the other 20% are the, are more veteran or people who've gone through that just need a either like they need to go back over the fundamentals or they want a system or maybe they need a reboot or whatever. But uh, most of them are, are just, I actually have a word for it. They want to go from being an armchair copywriter to a professional copywriter. Because the armchair is when they've read about it and you know talked about it and looked at all the swipes and maybe taken some courses, but they're not really in the game as mm. a writer. Yeah, and and we help them get over that hump. Interesting. So I look forward to your answer on this question. So being a mm-hmm. copywriter and a direct response guy, and you have you have new clients coming on all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're doing the copywriting for them or whether you're teaching people. What is the number one strategy that you use to get clients for your business? Oh, for me. Actually, I use a pretty unique method of Facebook organic lead generation. And I would say that mine is not nearly as high volume as a lot of people's lead generation. I learned a lot of what I know about the business of copywriting from a copywriter named Harlan Kilstein, but also the work of Dan Kennedy, who's obviously one of the you know, Ubermensch when it comes to direct response copywriting in our space. Of course. And so a lot of what I do is very brand centric and attraction focused. And long story short, I won't bore you with the details, but what I use is a combination of posting and interaction inside targeted Facebook groups, organic posting on my own page, and it messaging and referral on people who come through and kind of are interested in my services. So that three-pronged attack gets me more than enough leads to do what I need to do. Really? So it's just really a lot of organic Facebook, you know, is it more, is most of it generated through content that you're putting out Mm -hmm. and then they're engaging with it or is it more DMing or is that kind of a a later, later in the funnel as you go down the funnel a little bit further? Is it, so it's much more content heavy. Yeah, the majority. So I would say it's 95.5 in terms of content versus offer. And what I do is attract an audience of, of followers and friends on Facebook that are hyper-targeted to my niche. And, and I make all of my posts public on Facebook. So that my friends list and followers creates the engagement, but then their networks also see what I'm doing. And that creates a little bit of a network effect. Most of my stuff is content. I focus on long-form articles on my own personal page on Facebook. and then usually that generates enough interest like indirect messages to me to have conversations. But if if it, there, there's ever a time where I want to test a specific type of offer to my marketplace or generate a new client in a specific niche, I'll make a direct response style Facebook post on my profile. And that will get promoted by my uh, followers and friends as well, just because I tend to err on the side of interactive content, you know, like educational style copy for my own stuff. And then like I said, that generates more than enough leads for me personally. So you're using your personal Facebook page, you're doing mm-hmm. long form content, you're getting engagement, you post it out to everybody. I mean, you don't have it hidden just within your network and Correct. that's generating enough inbound leads. So it's not like you have this big Facebook fan page with a hundred thousand followers or this big Facebook group where you've got 20 or 30,000 or 50,000 people in the mm-hmm. group. It's really all happening organically from your personal page. It is. Yeah. And Very as cool. of- yeah, as of now, I don't even have a maxed out friends list. I think I have around 2,800 now, and I have 436 people who follow me. So there's not a lot of people who are inside that core, you know, amplification circle, if you're going to call it that. But, you know, with those numbers, the last post I made yesterday has 52 likes on it already, four shares, nine comments, and 
it's more than enough to generate the type of lead around the person that I would like to communicate with. Interesting. Okay, very good. I, that's encouraging, I think, to the audience because in a lot of cases, they think that, well, you know, I need this big, I need 100,000 or a million followers on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn mm. or, or whatever in order to really get any reach. But it, it's really not about the volume or this having this huge reach. It's about much more honed in, targeted audience and in creating the content that really gets them to engage. Exactly. And that it kind of goes back to my entire philosophy on how I teach copywriting and how I do it for myself, which is the more quality over quantity, right? Unless you're pitching a truly mass market offer, the best thing you can do is narrow down a target market and understand them in a way that allows you to communicate with them more effectively. And that's what I try to do with my own lead generation. And with every client that comes to me, I'll do the same for theirs. All right, perfect. So I think that's a perfect segue into the reason why we're here today. And that is, you know, being an expert copywriter, being an entrepreneur for the last six years, right? Mm -hmm. Teaching hundreds of students and working with some of the top, you know, some of the top brands and people that you see on Facebook and through social and online. Do us a favor, unpack this topic for us. How to tell exactly what your ideal prospect is thinking at every stage of the buyer's journey. Can you unpack that for us? Because when you talked yep. about it with me a little bit before the call, I got real excited because I think this is exactly what my audience needs to hear. For sure. So I'll give credit where credit is due. I originally found the seed of this concept in a book called Breakthrough Advertising and a gentleman who wrote it named Eugene Schwartz. And he was a really amazing direct response copywriter. And he wrote that book back in the 60s. I took that concept, modified my own experience on top of it and made it more relevant for an internet time frame. Because when he wrote it, obviously, it was just a big, it was big in direct mail, big in, you know, book of logs, all this kind of stuff. But social media and the internet haven't been invented for a while. So I took this concept. And essentially, the basis of it is that every person is thinking about their problem in a certain way, right? Whether or not they have one. And I'll just go through the list. It goes up. So level one to five. Level one is what you would consider to be most aware. And level five would be considered least aware or completely unaware in terms of their problem or any solutions around their problem. So I'll just go really quick up the chain. Level one is what's considered you aware. It's the type of prospect who either follows you on social media, is on your email list and opens your emails, or is somehow engaged with your personality or brand as a company, right? That's your core, like really, really, really close audience. They typically know what types of offers you make, historically, what types of stuff you published, all that kind of thing. That's perfect. your level one audience. Okay, perfect. Level two is solution aware which means that the pool of potential prospects are actively looking for a type of solution that is similar to what you sell. And so for an example of that, without going into you know, a ton of you know, detail, is if, some, if you sell a autoresponder software as a service like MailChimp, then that would be someone who is actively searching for either autoresponder, email service, email list, active campaign, MailChimp, infusion soft like kind of that crew of people as you can already tell solution aware people are probably easier to target with direct style keywords seo a lot of like you know very solution focused comparison style copy that's level two long story short okay solution aware sometimes and i will put a caveat on that sometimes 
the solution, quote unquote, that they're looking for may not be the correct solution to solve their problem, which we'll get to in a second, but they are still actively looking for a solution. And that's the important part of level two. Does that make sense? Got it. No, that's perfect. Perfect. Level three is problem aware. It's a client who either has an acute or chronic problem in their life that they are aware of, but not necessarily looking for a solution to or are unaware that a solution to it exists to the manner that makes, you know, that satisfies them. So these people are aware that they don't have a good way to communicate with their existing prospects. They don't have a good organization system. If we're going to keep the CRM example throughout this, they don't have a good way to communicate with existing prospects or they don't have a new way to collect leads or it's all in Excel or you know, it's very disorganized or it's very organic and ad hoc. Those people have a problem and they're aware of their problem. And like I said, it's either acute or it's chronic, but you can kind of vary your messaging depending on what market you're in. And then that is problem aware. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. Level four is desire aware. They don't have a problem that's bad enough to be acute or chronic yet, but they do have a desire to achieve a certain type of outcome. These are the people who think, oh, my business could probably use more leads, or maybe I should be more organized, or maybe I should, you know, start looking into a system that can, you know, make me more professional or make me more productive or something like that. The desire is there to improve and the desire to achieve a certain type of outcome ultimately is there, but there's not a problem that's driving their actions and they're not actively looking for a solution yet. That's level four. Got it. Level five is completely unaware. This is the market that could technically use your product and benefit from it, but doesn't have any sort of awareness around how, what that product is, how it can help them, why it can help them, why they even need it. And they're not actively looking. They don't have any sort of desire around it. And obviously, this is the largest set of prospects, but it's also the most difficult to target with your messaging because they've got no intrinsic motivation to be in the sphere to look for your stuff. Yeah, they, so don't, even, they don't even know they have any pain, right? They're, exactly. not, they're not feeling any pain yet. Yeah. Got the, it. The, yeah, the, if we're going to use a medical equivalent, these are the people who are walking around with a malignant tumor that they don't feel or know is there. Got it. Right. Okay. Perfect. One through five makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So those levels at the surface are pretty easy to bucket your people into. But one of the important things to remember about them is, and this is something that Eugene Schwartz talks about as well, and that I found to be true in every case when I write for clients, people who are in one of these awareness levels, and I'm, I'm talking about it specifically for your product, your service, the outcome that you, that you provide, right? It's unique to what you're providing in business. But the prospect who's in one level of awareness is not going to be in any of the other levels of awareness. And in fact, it's going to be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get them to respond to a message that is not in their awareness level. It, there's a little bit of a cognitive barrier between them you know, actively trying to figure out their problem versus you know, comparing and contrasting solutions to their problem. So these groups Something. are all mutually exclusive. They are. It's infinitely easier to target the people who are in that awareness level with a specific type of message than it is to try and blanket this whole thing and get as many as possible. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So those are the five different buckets mm -hmm. and you've clarified the fact that, you know, that the messaging has to be very specific to each bucket, right? Mm -hmm. So could you... Peel back the onion a little bit further in regards yeah. to 
maybe what the next step, because I think this is, this is critical. Obviously, you have to understand the fundamentals of this before you ever really start putting content or direct response copy out there, you know, specific to them, obviously. But what I think the, the approach here that's interesting is that, you know, most marketers, right? Most people in marketing, you know, especially, you know, if they're solopreneurs or in a small business, you know, they try to take the one size fits all approach, right? Right. You know, we have this marketing campaign towards this group and this is what it looks like. And it's very mm-hmm. flat. And, you know, it might even be, it might not even be flat. It might be very dynamic for that one specific bucket, but mm-hmm. they think it's going to be a catch all. They think it's going to, you know, that it's going to perform for a variety of different groups within that. But the mm-hmm. fact is, is that it's probably not. So could you give us a little bit of insight in, into how to create those messages or where you go from there? For sure. And, and I say this with, with a lot of, of love behind my statement, but it might sound, it might rankle some people. That's when okay. I, <laughs> when I hear that a company has like a strategy that usually goes really broad, so they've got their one thing or their, you know, their one funnel or whatever it is, usually that indicates that they've been a little bit lazy in their marketing. And that's not really easy to hear because marketing's hard and, and people work hard on it. But oh, that's dead honest. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to argue with that. There's no doubt. Doing what you're talking about here, creating five different levels of messaging is not easy. Right. It's not easy. And I would advocate for a data-based approach. And and I'll also advocate for moving up the levels of awareness rather than down the levels of awareness in terms of how you create your stuff. If I walk into a client project and they their messaging is either all over the place or really broad or really vague or whatever, I'm going to start with their core audience, their level one people. Because those people are not only the closest to the product and know the most, but usually the most engaged. And once we've tapped out and maxed out the ROI that we can get from that audience, we're going to move to the next one, which is solution aware, because it's much easier to target those people and have conversations with those people. I don't need to convince a solution aware person that they need a CRM. I just need to convince them that mine's the best or that they should try mine because they've had problems with another one or something like that my messaging becomes a lot more clear for those types of people. And so I was going to ask if you have any niche or target market or anything like that, that you wanted me just riff on rather than me to come up with something, I'd be happy to kind of give examples of how this would apply. Let's say you have like a SaaS product that, let's use, let's use like a, like an email marketing, like a SaaS email marketing product. Okay. So it's a software as a service. I'm assuming it's between nine and forty dollars a month, right? Well, Recurring, t- typically, sure. Unless you're looking for an enterprise client, and obviously that's you know that's much higher. So already I'm digging into who this target market is and what the product is, right? Yep. So price point, who I'm specifically searching for. So if I dig down into okay, email SaaS provider. Now, who am I looking to target? Is it a solopreneur who has a list of five hundred people? Is it a solopreneur with a list of 100,000? And that's how they generate most of their business. You know, two very different people. And so once I narrow down the really specific person that I'm trying to speak to, then I'm going to move to their awareness level. So if we go with the first example, it's a solopreneur with a smaller list. What are they going to be thinking about and looking for at the various levels of awareness? Well, my level one people are going to be people who are already following or on my email list as a SaaS provider or following me on social if I do content, or reading my blog if I do content on that side, in some level are engaged with me. 
the messaging to those people who haven't bought yet or who are not already customers is probably like, hey, you've seen what we can do. You see why X, Y, and Z were better than the competition. So if you haven't jumped on a trial yet, either check out this $1 trial that we have for you right now or email me directly and let me know what some of the things are that's stopping you from doing it. That's the message. That alone is going to be so hyper-targeted to your level one people that you're going to get a ton of response and hopefully a bunch of trials and all that kind of stuff, right? Sure. But it's also going to give you data and maybe help you improve features and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. That's how you execute a level one style message in some ways, right? Maybe. And then if you want to advance up the chain, maybe you're thinking about advertising, you know, paying for ads or, you know, sending out some direct mail, doing a webinar or whatever. You're probably going to want to go to a bigger market than your core audience already. So I would move up to solution aware. And if I am aware that my company, my email SaaS has competitors with ActiveCampaign and MailChimp and Aweber and Infusionsoft, then for solution aware people, my webinar title isn't going to be how to build your email list, right? It's going to be comparing the giants and the scrappy newcomer. Why Aweber and Infusionsoft can't compete with this new startup. That's my angle. Because I know that people are reviewing this. And one of the most asked questions in all of the Facebook groups that I tend to be in is what email autoresponder do you use or what webinar platform do you use? And so it's a common question. And I know that through my target, you know, through my target market, through my research and all that kind of stuff. So my messaging on solution aware is going to focus on the fact that I know they're comparing contrasting options. They're looking at potential solutions and they care about the choice that they make, the person they go with, and, and, and kind of what type of service they get. And so that's where my messaging is going to be centered. No, that's amazing. I mean, I love the way you dissected it for each one of those different buckets. And I mean, I wish we had time to get through all five of the buckets, but unfortunately we <laughs> don't. But I mean, you know, that it always amazes me when somebody is a, really an expert in copywriting, because for me, writing is, is like a homework assignment, right? It, oh, it's always mm-hmm. been that way. But I embrace it and I know it's it's a must have. So, you know, I have the utmost mm-hmm. respect for people like yourself who do it for a living and do it extremely, extremely well. So, hey, before we close out, let's do a quick rapid fire on a couple sure. of questions and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. So what's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today to grow your business? Growth tool. Or, um, or software, yes. Or software. So it's not exciting. That's I, okay. I love I love webinars. And so I, I'm a go-to webinar fan. I just like going with the big guy because they're typically the most stable and they're, and they're really working on their features. So it's not a sexy new software, but it, I, I love webinars for the amount of attention that you can retain over time and the engagement you have with them and how easy it is to build a list. So webinars and using go-to webinars specifically, that's Perfect. the tool. What's one book that you've read recently that you would recommend to my audience? Oh, book. Hmm. I've read a couple and I'm trying to think recently or any or any book. Maybe it has to do with copywriting. Maybe it doesn't. Okay. So most people have heard of Robert Cialdini's first book influence. Like when you're, when you're first learning about this kind of thing, his second book persuasion is as good, if not better than influence. But the problem with that book is that it was even more academic and hard to get through than influence. So a lot of people have heard about it when it launched, but then didn't actually read it. But if you take the time to go through it and read it, then you're going to learn some absolutely fantastic things about 
pre-framing any sort of persuasion that you try to create with your audience. Perfect. Yeah. I haven't read persuasion. I definitely read influence. So I'll make sure I, I cue that up in my audible. And before we close out, Lucas, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn a little bit more about what you do, and then we'll wrap it up for today. For sure. So, I mean, like I said in the beginning, most of my, my business stuff is centered around Facebook. So you can find me by just searching my name. I'm like, it's the exact same as in the title of this podcast, L-U-K-A-S, Rasheski. I pop right up. All the other social medias I have, but I don't really post actively on them. And then my website is just my name, www.lucasrasheski.com. I have several of the articles that I've written that you can check out, but I also uh, more notably have my entire first iteration of my mentorship program that I put junior copywriters through available for free with no download, no opt-in on my website. And so if you want to go check that out, you go to lucasroszewski.com and you go to the far right, upper right-hand side of the, the screen and you click on vidcasts and that will bring you to the page that has all of my mentorship video content. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll make sure I include those links in the show notes. And for now, we're going to close it out. Appreciate you being here, but I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks, Lucas. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.